Hey, this is Josh Herrera, and I'm the pastor of Lighthouse Church North County, and this is our podcast. Wherever you are and however you are listening, I want to say thank you for tuning in to what we are teaching at Lighthouse. Our desire is that these messages would help you to fulfill your God-given potential. If this message impacts you, share it with someone you know. We are on this journey together, becoming more like Jesus, one day and one step at a time. Now here's today's message. We hope it blesses you.
Praise, you're the name. 
mountain you won't climb up coming after me Snow wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down coming after me There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up when I think about the words of that song, even with all that is going on right now, I can't help but think about the Father's love. And you know, the Father's love doesn't bow down to whatever's happening around us. You know, the Father's love doesn't give in to the pressures of society and the pressures of culture and the pressures of even a global pandemic. And for those of you that are watching online right now, I want you to know that no matter where you are, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, he loves you. He's running after you. He's chasing after you. You are not too far gone. He is going to pursue you, like these words say, recklessly until he brings you back into his home. And maybe that's you watching right now and you're hearing the lyrics of those songs and you're thinking, there's no way that God could love me that much. Let me tell you, he loves you that much and more. His love for you is so deep and so profound. So, so where you're at right now, if, if you're feeling like these words are touching and you're feeling like, you know, God, I want to feel your love right here, right where I'm at, wherever I'm watching from. Can I take you in a prayer right now? Father, we thank you for these moments that we've had and these moments that we've gathered. And as we've sang about your love and as we've sang about how there is nothing that could ever separate us from your love and there is no one and nothing that could ever come between you and I, I just pray right now for that person that's watching, wherever they're watching from. If they feel like they are too far gone, I pray right now, Father, that you just wrap your loving arms around them and let them know, remind them, Father, that you are near. And Father, I pray that you would not just remind them but that you would compel them to come home. Today is a day of salvation, and today is a day of a fresh start and new beginnings. And I believe, Lord God, that you can touch them. You could reach them right where they are at. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, how are you doing? All of you who are watching online, my name is Josh, and alongside my wife, Joanna, we have the privilege of serving Lighthouse Church as the pastors of the North County campus, and I just want to thank you so much for making time out of your day to tune in with us. Maybe you're watching this on Sunday morning, or you're maybe you're watching this on a rebroadcast. Let me tell you, I am so glad that you have tuned in. And wasn't that worship just amazing? Didn't that worship just get you right where you needed to be reached and listen at this time we're going to get ready to get into our word so wherever you're watching from I'm going to invite you to grab a bible if you got a bible if not we're going to get some scriptures up on the screen but this is the time now where we turn to God's word and we grab some truth out of God's word and apply it to our lives because although it is an ancient text there is contemporary relevance and that is what we want for you today so right there where you're watching from I want you to get your bibles and go to Ephesians Ephesians, the third chapter, we're going to read a few verses beginning at verse 14. Normally, if I was in a big church setting, I'd say, if you've got it, say amen. All right. When I think of the wisdom and scope of God's plan, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will give you mighty inner strength through his Holy Spirit. We're going to be talking about that a lot today. That's, that's Paul's thesis right there. He wants for the church to have unlimited resources given to him through mighty inner strength through his Holy Spirit. Paul goes on to say, and I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your hearts as you trust him. May your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous Love And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love really is. May you experience the love of Christ. Though it is so great, you will never fully understand it. Then you will be filled with the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now, glory be to God by his mighty power at work within us. He is able to accomplish infinitely more than we could ever dare to ask or hope. In the King James Version, the way that I learned that verse, it says, may he do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think. Verse 21, may he be given glory in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever through endless ages Amen. I want to talk to you off of this thought that I have for you. Lost in his love. Lost in his love. Let me lead you in one more prayer. Father, we thank you for the moments that we share. We thank you, Father, for your presence that is here. Even in this broadcasting room that we have gathered in to transmit your good news into the homes and in the hearts of all who are watching. Father, I pray that we would be open receptive to what your spirit is saying to us we eliminate and we remove every distraction father and we lean into what your spirit is saying we give an attentive ear father to what you would say to us today we ask now god that you speak and fill our hearts and fill our homes with your presence in jesus name we pray amen amen lost in his 
love. I want you to think back and I want you to go back to a time when you discovered a new hobby. Do you remember when you discovered a new hobby? The thing about hobbies, it's this. Hobbies, it can be running, it can be cycling, it could be painting, it, it could be anything. But, but if you remember back to when you first started a hobby, there's this takeoff period where it gets a little slow. Now, now a few years ago, I decided to take up running. I was not a runner. I didn't run in high school. The only time I ran is when I was running a lap in PE because I was probably talking too much and the coach would say, Josh, go take a lap. So beyond that, I didn't do much running at all. And I decided to take up running. This was in about 2010. about 10 years ago. I said, you know, I want to take up running. And, and, and I can remember taking up running. There's this very gradual and this very slow takeoff period because I remember when I first started running, I got really, really bad shin splints. And I was just trying to make it to the end of the block and back. And somehow, just trying to make it to the end of the block and back, I got really bad shin splints. So I called up a friend of mine who was an avid runner. And I told him, I said, I've got shin splints. What in the world am I doing wrong? And, and he said, Josh, if you've got shin splints, chances are you're not wearing the right shoes. And I'm just asking, and I had to ask, what do you mean the right shoes? It's a pair of running shoes. And I began to learn that all shoes are not equal when it comes to running. And so my point is, before I really took off, there was this learning curve. I had to make sure I had the right shoes. I had to make sure I had the right gear. And I had to make sure that I was employing the right technique. And I had to make sure that I was incorporating the right amount of rest and the right amount of stretching. And the list goes on and on and on. But, but just like I had to do that for running, you do that for a hobby. There's this really, really slow takeoff. Do you have the right equipment? Do, do, do you, do you, uh, are you doing the things that you need to do to get that thing off and going? And, and, and a lot of hobbies can get really expensive. If it's a fishing hobby, that can add up really quick. Do you have, no, the, do, do you have the right bait? Do you have, do you have the right rod? And the list is endless. And, and in the same way, in the same way, all hobbies have this gradual takeoff period. But what happens when you finally got everything? It just takes off. I remember once I, I figured out the gear and once I figured out the routine to it and once I figured out how I, how I could um, make the most of being a runner and then it just took off. And then before you know it, you are just lost in that hobby. Now, I was talking about that hobby as an illustration and, and, and to also share with you that that's a bit how faith can be. That's a bit how faith can be. Can you remember when you were first converted that 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 first time you said yes to Jesus and and maybe you opened up your book and you're like I don't even know where to begin it's just like trying to take off with a hobby you're trying to figure out what's the difference between the old testament and the new testament and how do I even say that is that job no, it's Job. Oh, it looks like, like it looks just like Job. And, and that's what it's like when you are just starting to go and, and, and grow in your faith. Now, now in the text that we read today, this was a letter to the church that was in Ephesus by the writer Paul. And Paul wrote this letter to the church while he was in prison. And for those of you that have gone on to study the Bible in, in, in a collegiate setting, they call these the prison epistles. And they simply mean that Paul wrote this letter to the church in Ephesus while he was in prison. So here in the third chapter of Ephesians, Paul says this. He says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources he will give you mighty inner strength through his holy spirit paul was was getting to this point in his text where he's telling the church 
This is what I'm praying for now. Those of you that are, that are new to the faith, you've been growing in your faith, you've been figuring this thing out, what it means to be a Jesus follower. Now he says, I want you to grow. I want you to have mighty inner strength through the Holy Spirit. In my Bible, it says this was Paul's prayer for spiritual empowering. This was Paul's prayer for spiritual empowering. Notice that Paul did not say, I want the church to be large. Notice that Paul did not desire that they would have a great system for reaching a bunch of unbelievers. Paul did not say, I want you to have an order to the way that you worship. And in this text, unlike some of the other texts, he wasn't trying to correct some of the misbehaviors in the church. And Paul did not speak to any sort of creativity in the church. All Paul said, was church in Ephesus I want you to grow stronger spiritually I want you to get more mature spiritually okay Paul you want for the church to be strengthened you want for the church to be spiritually mature how do we do that he does that by saying there are two reasons or I'm sorry there are two ways that I want you to do that the first thing is you need to make Christ you want for Christ to make his home in your hearts he, he didn't want Christ to be home in a building. He, he wanted Christ to make his home in their hearts. And I think that's so important, especially right now. There are a lot of people that have lost their mind because the church has left the building. There are a lot of people who feel as though they cannot feel God because the church has left the building. There have been some people that have said, oh, the church has closed their doors. They have backed down and they have given in to the government. And I don't agree with that narrative. I believe that the church is stronger than it's ever been. I believe that a scattered church can be an empowered church. I believe that the church right now is not backing down. What we are doing is making sure first and foremost that everyone is safe. But beyond that, we are taking these messages further than we've ever taken them we are taking these songs and these sermons to platforms that we've never taken them and we are reminding people listen God does not dwell in a building he dwells in your heart and Paul said I want you to make your heart in such a way that Christ would be at home in your heart so so how is it Paul that I make Christ feel at home in my heart and it simply comes down to this you need to make him first and trust nothing more than him you need to make him first in your life and trust nothing more than him do you want to know what this crisis has exposed do you want to know what this whole COVID-19 pandemic has exposed I believe that this crisis has exposed your trust I believe this crisis has absolutely exposed where you placed your trust. Listen, if your trust was in your own security, don't go looking at your pension and don't go looking at your 401k because those things have really taken a tumble. And there's a lot of people that, that have anxiety because they've looked at those things and they placed their trust in the security that they, they created for themselves. They put their trust there. There were some people that put their trust in their belongings. You know those people that like their toys. They, they like their stuff. They have all kinds of possessions. The only problem is you ain't going to ride a quad in your backyard. You know what I'm saying? You know, you can't even leave your house right now into this quarantine. So that's great that you have a boat, but you can't even ride that boat right now. So anyone that had all of their trust in their belongings are probably losing their mind because they can't even enjoy those things. And some people, they have placed their trust in relationships. Hello, all of my extroverts. Extra, how many of y'all praying for the 
extroverts right now that are going crazy under this quarantine right now. They are just losing their mind because they want to see their friends. And listen, and you can't even spend time with those people right now because we are in the middle of a crisis. Now, listen, there is nothing inherently wrong with those things. Should you have security? Absolutely. Do you need relationships? Absolutely. Is it okay to have stuff? There is nothing inherently wrong with those things as long as those things aren't seated in the number one place of your heart. Christ has to sit on the throne of your heart. And this is what Paul was saying. He said, I want you to be strong. I want you to be spiritually empowered. And the first thing you need to do is you need to put Christ right on the throne of your heart. Because when Christ is on the throne of your heart, it doesn't matter what happens to your security. It doesn't matter what happens to your belongings. And it doesn't matter what happens to those relationships. You have Christ in your heart and you know that Christ is enough for me. How many of you love that song? Christ is enough for me. I believe that that has been a mantra for people that have realized that all of those things are secondary to Christ. Give me Jesus and I have everything that I need. And do you want to know what's so good about having Christ in your heart? When you have Christ in the number one throne of your heart, seated on the throne of your heart, when he sits at that top priority in your heart, the world may be in crisis, but you're not in crisis. The world may be in pandemic, but you're not going through a personal pandemic because he is seated on the throne of your heart. So while other people may be losing their mind, I know that he is still seated on the throne. I still have complete trust in the ability of God. I still believe that he is able to rescue me when I call out to him. And I still believe that he hears me every time that I call out to them because he is in my heart. I can feel him there. I know he's there. I trust that he's there. Christ is in the center of my heart. And the second thing that Paul says, and the second thing that Paul uh, prays for them is that they would be rooted in the love of God. That they would be rooted in the love of God. You see, there are a lot of things that you can be rooted in. There are a lot of things that you can be rooted in. And, and, and let, me just, let, me just go right to, uh, let, let me just go right to a heavy thing right now. Sometimes you can be rooted in the church and still not be rooted in God. You can be rooted in a church and still not be rooted in God. And, and I've been on this journey long enough to see people that, that, that were fired up with that, that were fired up for God, just like I was fired up for God when I was young. I, I remember back to when I was in high school and there were so many people in the youth ministry with me. And then we were young adults and active in the young adult ministry and, and they're no longer around. And I've realized that most of those people that I thought would always be here with me, that I thought would always be serving God alongside me forever, they, weren't they were never rooted in the love of God. They were rooted in experience. They were rooted in the church. But they were never rooted in God. They never planted themselves into the soil of God's love. You see, here's the problem when you are rooted in the experience of church. And, 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 and listen, I love me some church. Is there anyone online watching where you love some church? I mean, you love the songs that they sing. You love the relationships that you have. You love the conferences that you can go to. Listen, I love all of that stuff. I'm the first one. I watch so many sermons on YouTube, and I listen to so much worship music on YouTube. I am in love with what the church produces. I'm the first one to say that. But that's not my primary source of love. I first love God. 
And, and, and I think that there are so many Christians that are struggling right now in this crisis because they love church more than they love God. And because they love church more than they love God, they don't know how to serve him when they're not in the building. They don't know how to serve him when the youth ministry is not getting together. They don't know how to serve him when they can't connect with other people in the church. And listen, the way that we are doing church right now more resembles the way the early church followed Jesus. They didn't have a big building that they gathered in on Sundays. They didn't have programs for reaching people. They simply just loved on one another. And the Bible says that as the community would see how they loved one another, they were interested in that love and became Jesus' followers as well. But it was the love that they had for one another. They didn't have programs. They didn't have systems. They didn't have any of that. And listen, I am all for those things. I believe that those things now have created a system, and a structure by which we can teach the word of God. But you cannot love the experience of the church more than you love God. And as I said earlier, there's some people that, that have really gone deep on relationships. They, they are here for the people. Church provides an opportunity for you to have deep relationships with people. And, 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 and we promote those things. And, and we are behind those things. And, and we want you to have deep relationships inside the church. But understand that relationships, they are what creates a context for how we can worship God together. But you can't root yourselves in those things too. You cannot root those things, yourself in those things too. You see, I'm, 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 I'm going to be 40 this year, and I've been around the church long enough to see great men and women of God, unfortunately and tragically, make mistakes. And, and, and it always puzzled me when someone would turn their back on church because someone else made a mistake. They didn't make a mistake, but they saw someone else make a mistake, and somehow their mistake that they made made them want to walk away from God. I've never quite understood that because my whole thing was, were you in it for them or were you in it for God? And there are a lot of people that will attach themselves to a person rather than attach themselves to God. They will attach themselves to a leader, to a pastor, to a mentor when they need to attach themselves to God. Because listen, people will at some point in time they will disappoint you. They will make a mistake. As a matter of fact, we are a young church. And one of the things that I told our church, we are just one years old. I told them, look, you got to give me some grace because this is my first time ever leading a church. And chances are I'm going to make a bad decision. Now, it's not going to be some huge moral failure, failure or anything like that. But I might not always get it right. And you've got to give me grace for, for, for those times because I'm human. And so I've told them, I promise you. I'm probably going to make some mistakes along the way. But hang with me and stay rooted in God. And don't root yourself in me. Root yourself in God. And then there are people. Have you ever noticed those people in the church that are rooted in knowledge? I mean, they worship their own understanding of the Bible. I mean, they can quote the scriptures. And my issue is when I see them quoting more than they're living. It's more important that you live the scriptures than quote the scriptures. It's more important that you look like Jesus then talk a lot about Jesus. Because at the end of the day, these people make their theology and their knowledge of God. They root themselves in that. And the Bible says that knowledge can really puff itself up, which means knowledge can force a person to be prideful. And that's why the Bible says it's better to go the way of love. It's better to go the way of love. And so Paul writes to the church and he begins to tell them, listen, what I need for you guys to do in order to be spiritually strong, in order to strengthen yourself, is you have got to go deeper into the love of God. For those of you that are watching at home, just say it. Repeat it after me. The love of God. 
We need to be rooted in a singular thing, and that is the love of God. When we plant our roots, now watch this. When we plant our roots in the love of God, the only thing that we are chasing after is him. That's it. There is no greater reward than his presence. Now, I, I know there's a lot of preachers that will want to preach and teach that if, if, if you do enough and if you consecrate enough and if you read enough and if you study enough, then God's going to hook you up with all kinds of things. And, and we have perverted this gospel that somehow, somehow possessions equal the blessings of God. And I'm sorry, that's not in this book. That is not in this book. Stuff is not a sign of God's approval. And there are a lot of people that will chase stuff rather than chase God. There are a lot of people that will chase after possessions rather than chasing God. Listen, he is the reward. There is no reward greater than to be at the feet of our Father. And my prayer is that we would have this posture. God, there is nothing more important than your presence. There is nothing more important than sitting at your feet. There is nothing, God, that I need more of in my life than you. Are the things great? Things are great to have. Stuff is great to have. But none of that is a sign of your approval. I am approved by you simply because I'm your son. Simply because I am your son. When we root ourselves in Christ's love, we begin to see what Paul wrote about when he said, may you have the power to understand. I love this right here. He said, may you have the power to understand as all God's people should. How wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love really is. I grew up in the church long enough where we would sing some songs, gospel songs. How many of you know about gospel songs at home? You know, you put it in the key of A flat. When you went to A flat, you knew that you'd be tapping your toes and, and dancing. And we would sing these songs that would say, he's too high to get over. He's too low to get under. You guys remember that? And, 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 and those were songs that I would sing growing up in church. And, and, and they were referring to this passage of scripture right here. That when you really start to dive into the love of God, you'll realize that there's no end to it. When you begin to dive into the love of God, you realize that you will eventually lose yourself in the pursuit of God's love. Let me say that again. When you start chasing the love of God, when he is your only reward, when the presence of God and, and to be with him and to hear his voice, when that is your singular pursuit, you will lose yourself as you're chasing after his love. And listen, isn't that the point of it all anyway? Isn't that all that really matters? Wasn't it Jesus that said the, the, the man that desires to find himself first must lose himself? Wasn't it John who said, I must decrease so that he would increase? Wasn't it the, 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 the rich young man that came to Jesus and, and, and said, what do I have to do to follow you? What, what, what can I do? And he, he tells this rich young ruler, he says, you've got to leave everything behind in order to come and follow me. And that was too great of a sacrifice for that rich young man. He so desperately wanted to be a Jesus follower. But the minute Jesus said, leave your possessions behind and follow me, he said, I can't do that. He was too in love with what he had obtained and his physical possessions. And that's what Jesus was saying as I get ready to close out our time together. That's what, what Jesus was saying. And this is what Paul is echoing here. He's saying, I want you to be strengthened. I want that inner man on the inside of you. I want you to be strong spiritually. But in order to do that, I need you to chase after the love of God. 
I need you to pursue the love of God. You see, it is only after your selfless pursuit of God's love that you will be filled with the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now we get to this key verse right here. Because I love this verse right here. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that worketh within us. Can I be honest with you watching, those of you that are watching at home, this is a preacher verse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a preacher verse. This is a verse that preachers will say to, to get the crowd on their feet, to get people clapping, to get people saying amen. It's to wake up the people that maybe are falling asleep during the sermon. This is a preacher sermon. that This is a preacher verse that we use. We say this because we get all fired up. He's going to do exceedingly and he's going to do abundantly above all. But you don't get to that point if you don't first lose yourself in God's love. We want the exceedingly. We want the abundantly. But we don't want to lose ourselves in his presence. We want all that, but we want it on our terms. We want everything that God can give us through his hands, but we don't want to spend enough time sitting at his feet. And I want you to hear me. And I want you to really lean into what I'm telling you right now. I want the exceedingly. I want the abundantly. As a matter of fact, Ephesians 3.20 is the theme for our year at Lighthouse. Above all. We just believe that God can do above all in us. We just believe that God can do above all through us. We just believe that God is able to do above all that we could ask or think or even imagine. It fires us up. I'm telling you, I get fired up just thinking about it. But here's the deal. You don't get to Ephesians 3.20 if you can't get through 3.19, 3.18, 3.17, 316 and 315. We want the blessings, but we don't want the sacrifice. Now, now I'm not saying the sacrifice forces God's hand for the blessings. That's not what I'm saying at all. The sacrifice is where we realize that the blessings has nothing to do with stuff and everything to do with him. I'm not in this for stuff. I'm not in this for material possessions. We're not in this for any of those things. We're in this to just simply lose ourselves in the love of God. And when we lose ourselves in the love of God, we will go on a journey without any end. Every day we're going to know him more. Every day we're going to grow in him more. Every day we're going to discover what it means to be more like him. For those of you that are at home and wondering, okay, preacher, that sounds good, but what does that mean? How do I lose myself in him? I would say two things that you can start doing today, wherever you're watching from, right at the conclusion of this broadcast. Start praying and start reading your word. It's just that simple. I have no silver bullet to give you. But if you would just spend more time talking to the Father and spend more time in this book, you are going to discover a God that we were just singing about right now who loves you recklessly. And, in, and when you see that love, my prayer is that your response would be to love him with that same amount of energy and that same amount of passion that he loves you with. Hey, listen, can I pray for you right now, wherever you're at and wherever you're watching from? Would you just take a moment and lean in? If you're able to, close your eyes and bow your heads. Just listen into this prayer. But, but we're going to pray. We're going to worship a little more. We're going to make a next steps call. But before we do any of that, I just want to pray for you right there where you're at. Father, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, for this opportunity to get into your word. Father, your word is life to us. Your word, Lord God, takes us, as we sang about earlier, as we sang about earlier, 
from glory to glory. It is how we are changed and it is how we are never the same. And Father, my prayer right now for everybody that's watching from home, my prayer is that they would fall in love with you, that they would lose themselves in your love. For the person who is watching right now whose relationship with you has grown stale because it's become so religious, I pray that they would be fired up for your love once again. For the person that's watching online that has no experience with your love, I pray that they would just feel you right now, that, that in their heart they would just begin to feel an impression from your Holy Spirit as you're nudging on them saying, it's okay, come a little closer. I love you and I'm here for you. Father, my prayer is that we would lose ourselves in your love, that we would be so hungry, Father, for your love, that there would be nothing, Lord of God, that we would want more than you, your love, and what you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, listen, we're going to go into worship in just a moment, but before we do that, I'm going to give you a chance to respond. And I do this at the end of every sermon at Lighthouse. And there's going to be two questions that I'm going to ask you right now. The first is, if you've never yet made a decision to follow Jesus, and today is the day that you would like to make a decision to follow him, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Or maybe you fall into the second question. You once followed Jesus, but life came and storms came or, or whatever. Things happened and you're not following him like you used to. You can come back to the Father today. And so today, if you'd like to make a fresh start, or if today you'd like to make a first start, I'd like to invite you to pray this prayer with me wherever you're at. Come on, pray with me. Father, I thank you that you are here. I thank you for your word. And I thank you for the sacrifice of your son. Today, I receive your forgiveness and I accept Jesus as Lord and Savior of my life. I put him on the throne of my heart and I walk away from those things that are competing for your attention. From this day forward, I choose to serve you and no one else. I put my life into your hands and I trust in you completely. From this day forward, I commit to being lost in your love. I commit to chasing after you, Father, as I begin this new journey in you. I never want to be the same. I never want to talk the same. I never want to look the same because I've accepted you and I am a new person. I thank you now for what I've received and I enter into worship now for where you are taking me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, wherever you're at, let's worship together.
once again, I want to thank you so much for tuning in today and for watching together with us wherever you're watching from. We want to encourage you to stick around. We've got some important announcements that we're going to make and some next steps that we want to point you to. And we cannot wait to see you back next Sunday. Have a phenomenal day. We'll see you next week. If this message has blessed your life, I want to encourage you to share this message with others or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.